Hi there, and thanks for joining the Eternal Leadership Podcast. I am Sandra Crawford-Williamson, and I am here today with what's going to be one of your favorites because, you know, Gregory goes by Greg Gray is an amazing business advisor and executive coach and really just has a passion for small to medium-sized businesses. Welcome to the podcast, Greg. Hey, thank you for having me. I look forward to it. Absolutely. Well, you have such an interesting background because you had this super duper 20 plus year career in manufacturing and service industries. And in 2010, you kind of had that moment that a number of us had where you feel this calling to leave corporate America and pursue your purpose, you know, your Ephesians 210 calling, right? And so you really passionate about developing incredible leaders and teams. So you now have a company called Gray Solutions which, you know, basically you're a leadership and business consultant. And so you've owned all of these businesses along the way, like buy them, fix them, turn them around, buy another one. But you really had one common principle. And so you started your own firm, Gray Solutions, to help other people figure out how to master startups and running their own company. Absolutely. Yes, it's been a great journey. What really propelled me in 2010 to make that change was, you know, I'd spent, uh, as you said, uh, 20 plus years in the corporate space, if you will, running uh, facilities and divisions and uh, having some pretty, uh, I guess, credible positions along the way. And so I was blessed to learn a lot. And as I looked at at the way business was run, uh, the first, I guess, impetus for me stepping out was I wanted to see uh, leaders and, and teams be developed and, and within these corporate structures. And so that's what drove me at first was my passion because I saw cultures in these businesses that could be made better and had been part of that turnaround. And, and we, you know, people talk about the business turnarounds and, and I got into being in, into turnarounds quite a bit. The first thing that needs to be turned around is that culture and that the mindset and, and the way people are treated and those type of things. So that, that was my first impetus. And then it, that from then it's grown into helping small businesses because the small business owner um, doesn't have quite the quiver of resources that a large corporate entity has. And, and I find that they uh, are running around uh, in chaos and overwhelm every day. And I just need to help those people. And so that's what's driving me today. So if you uh, would ask me, what's my, you know, avatar, or what's my perfect client today, I would tell you it's a small business owner that is looking for the true freedom they thought they were going to get when they started their business. Right, because that's what we all think. I mean, you and I both run our own companies and we we think, oh, well, I'm going to go and do it my way. And I'm going to have, you know, I call it the F word, flexibility, right? I'm going to have all this flexibility and life is going to be great. It's going to be this utopia that I create. And then about three months in, reality kicks in and we're working harder than we've ever worked, working more hours than we've ever worked. And everything's a struggle. Yes, and that's a very common thing that has happened and, and, and many business owners don't even realize how bad it may get. Yeah. The, I like your F word, the flexibility. My uh, F word is freedom. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I think they're both very strong words and have a, a strong uh, meaning within somebody's mind and heart when they hear those words. And, you know, we, we deal with freedom of time. Of course, that's, that's the obvious one. The other one's freedom of money or income and having the, to use your word, the flexibility to, to expand your income as far as you want to go. But the third one, the one that we find that people forget about sometimes, which 
being a, a faithful person is it's the purpose aspect and what's the purpose of that business other than just to make money or create, you know, time freedom for the business owner. What is the real deep purpose? And so we spend some time on that as well. I love that. So, you know, if you're listening out there and you have your own business or you're thinking about starting your own business or you have a side hustle that you're super passionate about that could possibly one day be your next venture and start it as your own company or you're in corporate America. I mean, you know, the things that you talk about, Greg, the, you know, the cultural aspect people, process, and profits, right? Those really pertain to anyone. I mean, it can pertain to someone who's running their home, right? So everybody needs to take a listen because we're going to talk about some really cool stuff here. You know, so tell me, first of all, you know, what excites you every day about life, Greg? Because I think that's a, a key piece of why you do what you do and why you're so good at it. Well, to give you a little context to the answer is, you know, that answer could be different when I was in my 30s or my 40s. And, and now I've just clicked over into the 50s recently. And so that answer is different than it would have been 20 years ago. And what really excites me today is the fact that I'm actually have identified my purpose in life. I know what my passions are. They are tied to God's will. They're tied to my the plan that he has for me. I have two daughters that are in high school. And we just actually had a conversation this weekend about this because they're looking for what are their uh, excitements going to be in life? What are they going to be when they grow up, if you will? And we had a conversation around the fact that, you know, you'll hear people tell you, just follow your heart, follow your passion, you know, where those intersect with your abilities and skills and where that intersects with where you can make profit. And, and I agree with all that, except for one, one thing that I told my daughters this weekend that I, and, and I'll say this to anybody that's different, don't follow your heart follow God's heart because if your heart's tied to God's heart, you can't go wrong. But if you follow your heart, watch out, you may get places that you didn't know you were going to get into. So, and I'll give you a story about that. I, I had a, a nagging interest in owning an insurance agency for many years. And when I bought that agency, I was excited. It got me out of the corporate world. I did that at the same time I started my consulting business two years in, I could not wait till the day I sold that agency. I, I, I realized I got into a, a situation that was not the best for me. It wasn't a bad situation on paper. It looked very good. I was making a decent income from that agency and all, but that business did not fit me. So we could go for a lot of reasons for that, but it, it did not fit my lifestyle I was trying to create. And so the freedom that I thought I was grasping, it was not existent in that business. It was an okay business. I, I could have done it for many years had I needed to, but I wasn't excited like I'm talking to you about now about, you know, what excites me when I get up. I did not wake up in the morning and go, man, this is in my purpose and my passion. It was, you know, if you ever read the book, The Big Leap, talking about the zone of genius versus the zone of excellence. And I was excellent at it, but it wasn't my genius. So what excites me every day is waking up and stepping into my zone of genius and know that that's where I'm at. That's where God's called me. And then everything that happens to me that day is, is in, in line with where I'm supposed to be going. Yeah, I love that. You know, I, when I'm coaching and consulting and doing courses, you know, leadership stuff, I always tell people, think about what would you get up at four o'clock in the morning to do all day long without getting paid? That's <laughs> probably something that you're very passionate about. And I believe when we, you know, we're on fire for something, when, when we feel that way about something, that is a great sort of litmus test to figure out if we're in God's will. Because I totally agree, you know, 
our ego is the loudest voice in our head and it's typically speaks first, right? And sure the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's like that quieter, you know, voice that's sort of, you know, waiting for you to really listen. And so sometimes when we act out of what we think is our heart or our gut, a lot of times we're not waiting for the Holy Spirit to catch up and, and confirm that. And what you just described with your insurance agency, I have done that probably three different times in my career. Looks good on paper, looks like it fit my giftedness. Felt like it was what God wanted me to do. And I, you know, I run both feet jumping onto that, you know, situation. <laughs> yes. And then just like you said, only mine didn't take two years. Mine typically take about two months. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? I didn't really wait to get confirmation from him, did I? Mm-hmm. And I think it's that sin of self-sufficiency. You know, we think, well, I can do this and this is, you know, how God gifted me. I should just go do it. So how do you coach people to, to slow down and, and wait for that confirmation? Well, it's funny you said 4 a.m. because that's that's the time my wife and I get up every day. And we haven't always done that just by, by, by chance. But it, it we have done that in the last, I say, we've started doing that about, I think, six months ago. And to your point, it's because we are fired up about what we do every day. And I can get more done in those first two hours than I can the rest of the day. And those two hours, those from four to 6 a.m. is about preparing myself for my journey. It's not about doing work. It's time in scripture in the morning, time in meditation and prayer, discernment. And so to answer your question, the way we coach people is by that example of what we do there. We believe uh, without a shadow of a doubt that the first thing you have to do is prepare yourself. And that's by being, you know, close to listening to God, listening to the Holy Spirit, like you mentioned, and then prayerfully considering things. And so literally from 4 a.m. till 6 a.m. is my two hours of personal time with either God, myself, and then and then possibly into the learning aspect. I'll, I read some in a book every morning, the Bible, then a, a book that's helping me grow from a, a leadership or a business or uh, marketing, whatever the standpoint might be that I'm into that at that moment. So that's step number one is you have to, you have to put time in on yourself. The second and the backside of that is you have to search your blind spots as a leader, as a business owner, if you don't know your blind spots, which you don't, because that's why they're called blind spots. But if you don't discover those at some point in time, you may have pitfalls that come around that you don't even know need to be addressed before you get there. You know, for example, you may have a, a group of people that work for you in your business and they just wish you would stop doing something. They would just literally wish you just this one thing if you just stop doing it. And it may be something simple to you that you don't even think about, but it's driving them crazy. And it may be preventing your business from growing where it should or your team from gelling like it should. So you need to pray about it and then ask these questions. And I'll give you a quick example. And you can do this. It's not, this is not just for business. This is for home. This is for family. This is for friends. It's very simple. Take a piece of paper at the very top of it, write the word stop. And then about halfway down, write the word start. And then near the bottom, write the word continue. And just hand that to somebody, whether it's your teammates or whether it's your spouse and say, I really want your honest opinion. What do I need to stop doing? What do I need to start doing? And what do I need to continue doing? Now, on stop and start, give most of the space because that's where people are going to really let you have it. That's where you need it. Continue, 
that's 98% of what you're doing, but that 98% nobody cares about because it's not bothering them one way or the other. But there's something you need to stop doing and something you need to start doing that other people are seeing that you don't even know is impacting them. But you also need to ask yourself those things privately too, because there may be something you're doing that's either a private weakness or it could even be a private sin, something that's derailing you from your excellence. And only you may know what that is. So you need to ask yourself those questions and you also need to ask those around you those questions. Yeah, we really have to have the courage to want to hear it, right? Yes. Because people are, not, you know, we don't like holding the mirror up and truly looking at ourselves and looking for flaws. And we certainly don't like asking other people to point them out. Yes. But in fact, that's where we have the most growth when we have the courage to do that. You know, stop, start, continue. I learned back at Procter & Gamble in the mm-hmm. early, early 90s, you know, and, and it's something that I use all the time in, in my work. And it's so simple, but it's so impactful. And you're right. That could be for how you're parenting, could be how you're running your house, could be in business, could be in your marriage, you know, whatever it is. So if you're listening out there, let's all join hands and have the courage to, to do that exercise. The stop, start, continue, because you never know what kind of great feedback you're going to get. And you have to be open to it for sure. Absolutely. Well, so here we are then. You're you know, you're getting up at four in the morning, you're doing this incredible work that's impacting all of your clients. And what I think is really neat is you're very reflective. You're able to look back. And so, you know, if you were starting again today, mm-hmm. what would you do differently? Because I think a number of us could, could learn from that. I think the most powerful thing that, that we use right now in our, in our practice, if you will, and I wish I had been more apt to use back when I was younger and starting out, is what we call a vision story. We uh, um, require each of our clients now before we uh, delve into their business. And when I say business, it's not just, you know, the hard business stuff. It's everything, the person, the leader, the business. And so we require them to do a vision story. And the vision story, what it really is, it's much beyond what you call a business plan. A business plan, or they're, they're helpful, but the vision story is much more powerful. So it takes the life of the the business owner, their family, their business, and looks at that holistically across the board. So we start with things like the family. How do you want this business? How do you want what you're about to start and go into? How do you want it to affect your family long-term? You know, we look at the financial aspects. You know, what kind of finances do you expect from this? Uh, what kind of time involvement do you expect from this? Are you willing to work 70 hours a week or is that not the lifestyle you want? Do you want to work 40 hours a week? You know, you may have to do something different at first, but what's your ultimate goal? Where do you want to get to? What's the purpose of this business? So we ask the purpose question, you know, is the business purpose to, you know, just make a lot of income and then sell the business or is it to leave something for your family to take over someday? Or is it to uh, really lean into your employees and give them a, a leg to stand in where they can might possibly be part ownership one day. So there's a lot of questions you can go into, but we go through a variety of seven or eight buckets. And, and, you know, another one might be the culture of the business. You know, what do you want the culture of this business to be like? So we walk through all these thought provoking questions and we come out with a vision story that can be, it can be literally pages long. I've seen some of them upwards of 20 pages 
of what they really want their business and life to look like, because those two things are not separate. They're, they coexist and they impact each other so greatly. So if I could have started with that before I did that insurance agency, for example, I probably would never have purchased that insurance agency because it would not have married up to what my vision story would have been for me. And so I learned from that and we use this readily now. And like I said, we require it for business owners. And, and if somebody's interested in doing their vision story, we do have a website called businessownerfreedom.com. And there's a PDF they can download there to kind of get my head start on vision story. It's not as in depth as we go, obviously, we walk them through it, but it can give them a head start. I love that. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. Blinkist is a book summary description that has more than 2,500 titles in their archives. They distill the key thoughts and points into easily digestible 15-minute reads. I just recently read Abundance by Peter Diamandis and was so blown away that I got the book from my local public library and read the entire thing. Others, like Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life, I was quite fine with the Blinkist version. Read in their beautifully designed mobile app at their website, export to your Kindle, or listen to the audio version on the go. I prefer to listen while I read along right before I go to sleep. I fell in love with this service last year and turned John onto them in December. You as a listener, have our word that any products or services that John or I advertise on this show, we personally use and are not just fans, but raving fans. Blinkist is definitely in that category. So try it with a seven-day free trial. And if you use our affiliate link that's embedded in the summary of this MP3 or at eternalleadership.com slash blink, it's an easy way for you to help support all the work that Sandra, John, Daisy, Fidias, and myself put into keeping this show going. So please, if saving hours and hours by reading a well-written summary of some of the top books out there sounds like something you'd want to try for seven days, click on that affiliate link, eternalleadership.com slash blink. Thanks. You know, and in fact, a family could have a vision story, right? Yes. Or, a, yes. or a marriage or a church small group. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily just have to be for your business. But a lot of times what happens is we feel like we got to be busy. We got to go fast, speed to market, everything. So we're moving, moving, moving. And we don't take that pause. I mean, like you said, the two hours in the morning or creating the vision story to really get our plan together. You know, it's a silly thing, but I can remember my parents telling me when I was younger, spend 80% of your time planning what you're going to do and then 20% of your time implementing. And if you do that, it's going to go well. But I think in today's culture, it's like, go, 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 24-7, technology, get a jam pack every moment of every day. So we don't do that. We don't stop and plan right. and strategize and look ahead. And so what you just described is a great way to ensure that we're doing that. Yeah, we have to build margin into our life to think clearly. And we're really big on the word clarity. And if you're not clear on where you're going or clear on how to get there or clear on the most importantly, the why, then everything else is just busy work. But if you mm. get that clarity in those other things, 
now it's not busy work. It's actually you're doing actions that are actually moving you in the right direction every day versus just busy work. You know, that is so, that's like really hitting me between the eyes because mm-hmm. I am a working mom, right? Run my, own, right? run my own firm, have three kids, have a wonderful husband, home, involved at church, involved at the children's school. And so, you know, there's a lot of us out there, men and women, we're overscheduled, we're jam-packing everything, we're trying to be everything to everybody else, and what's suffering is ourselves, because Absolutely. we're not building that margin in to invest into ourselves, and that, that definitely hurts us over time. Yeah, it's an easy trap to fall into, especially when you're thinking of church or children or those things that it seems like you're doing the right thing because you're giving more of your time to worthy causes, but the most worthy cause you have is your relationship with God and Jesus. And so if you forsake that to go to a potluck dinner or, you know, to do a trunk or treat at church or, or to go to another kid's ball game, you really need to think about what your priorities are. While those are admirable things on paper and on the surface, if they're not allowing you to have the time with God that you need for reflection, then really, is it the right thing? And I know what that answer is because I've suffered from that. And it's the same thing with your business or anything that we're talking about here. You, They're good unless they get into the place of something that's great and, and replace that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I heard a long time ago, you can't pour anything into somebody else and let, if your cup is empty. Right. And the way we fill our cup up is by going to the Lord, going to the Holy Spirit, you know, fill me, fill me, fill me with your spirit, fill me with your grace, fill me with your love. Well, if we're not doing that and going back to the fountain regularly, then our cup is empty. And how in the world are we supposed to pour into employees or children or neighbor or spouse if our own cup is empty? 100% agree. And so that's really what you're talking about. And, and that applies just as much in business as it does anything else. Yeah, because business, in essence, is just life too, right? It's, it's just the way we make some income and, and the way we provide services to somebody else or value to somebody else. And hopefully we're touching them along the way in a positive way. But, I mean, it's just an aspect of life. We tend to separate that a lot of times. But it, it's really just an extension of us in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's funny, Greg, because you have two daughters that are in high school. My kiddos are a little younger, but, you know, and I just turned 51. So I think we are totally in the same life stage, right? Yes, yes. And it's interesting, as you get older, you hit that 50 mark, your kids start getting a little older, you really start focusing more on, you know, Bob Buford said it best, you know, if your fruit can be born on other people's trees, mm-hmm that is the most fulfilling way to live your life. And I think as my kids have gotten older, I definitely feel that way, you know? And I think a lot of small business owners, you know, they kind of, what I've seen is they kind of fall into two buckets. You know, some are are like looking for this get rich scheme and they want, you know, flexibility and financial freedom, as you mentioned. And then you have the other group who are, you know, they're trying to just escape something, if that makes sense. Yes. And so what I love about what you're doing is you take all those folks and you're like, okay, well, what's the point of this, right? Exactly. If you're trying to just pay bills, that, you know, that's okay too. Let's talk about that. But you really, instead of people kind of 
as my dad would say, running off half cocked, right? You're literally forcing people to capture it and know the why behind it before they even get started. Yeah, it's interesting because when somebody, I'll, you know, I'll sit down with a business owner and they go, hey, let's, we want to increase our sales next year. We want to get to this revenue amount and which means profitability increase and so forth. And, and the first question I ask is, okay, why? What are you going to do with the extra $150,000 you're going to have on the bottom line next year? What are you going to do with that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause they're, they're, they're like, well, don't you want more money? I'm like, well, well, of course, but why? And what are you going to do with it? And when yeah. you have, a, when you have a reason behind that, right, the why, then it, it drives your activities a little bit differently. Your, your step is a little bit lighter. It doesn't feel as cumbersome because you're like, Hey, I'm doing this for a reason. So if you know that that extra money is going to go to a worthy cause or you're going to grow your business further so you can hire more people, impact more people, whatever the, whatever the, the, the reason is, it, as long as it is a solid reason that you can buy into and you can share that vision with the rest of the people that are working with you to create that vision and make that vision happen, now all of a sudden you've got some energy behind it that you didn't have if it's just more money. Because at some point more money just is just more money. It's just money. It's just a tool, right? It's just like having more shovels or more whatever. It's just it's just stuff. It, and so stuff is fleeting. Mm. But a strong purpose and a reason for having that that you can put in a solid form for all the people involved, all the stakeholders involved, that it's completely different uh, energy that comes from that. You're right. You know, and I have an example. There was a, a medium-sized business owner that I was working with, and he was talking about, you know, he wanted to see this much increase in his business. And so we started getting to the why, well, what are you going to do with it? And it was really, really interesting. He said, well, I want to build a facility on my property that is, he said, you know, I'd have to call it a guest house for zoning. Mm -hmm. He said, but I want it to be like a big building with a kitchen where I could host things. I could host events. I could host Mm -hmm. small group and church stuff. And and I could host, you know, business community things. And I could let, you know, the local kids, you know, group, they're always looking for some place to do their recital and whatever. And it was really, really neat. And, you know, he did it. And he built this amazing facility. And, and again, if you look at it from the outside, you would think, oh, well, that's a really nice guest house. But when you go in, it's just this beautiful, big, giant room that's just so well done with this full, like, um, industrial kitchen. And so he rallied his entire team around that purpose. Like he went and got plans. He knew how much it cost. You know, he talked to his team about it. It's a really great example of what you're describing. That's so funny you say that because we're actually working on the same kind of thing on our farm right now. We're actually, I'm dealing with some different individuals that are not in the business world with me. They're actually looking at this from a benevolent standpoint and and a community service standpoint. But we have some land here on our farm that we would like to do the same thing with. So I'm actually was putting a performer together over the last couple of weeks for a, a new business venture we may go into related still to our coaching and all, but it, it'd be more online stuff and trying to drive another million dollars in revenue. So we could pay for the same type of thing. We're, we're wanting to build a lodge and some cabins and so forth that we can have leadership retreats in on in, in the fall and the spring. But then in the summer we would help uh, underserved children and uh, those in the community that, just can't have a Christian camp in the summer, can't afford it. And so we're in the throes of the same thought process right now. Well, I mean, we, we, we haven't got the plans done yet, but we're just now figuring out where the, you know, where it would be. And that's the next step is go get some plans and figure out what the cost would be so we can know exactly what kind of money we need to 
to make that happen. So uh, that's quite interesting that you had a friend that went through the exact same process. Isn't that neat? Well, and yes. you know, if, if you're listening out there, this is a great example of, you know, okay, well, more money for more money. That's, you know, okay. But, you know, maybe it's to send your kids to a private Christian school or maybe it's to buy a boat to give your, you know, your family more family together time sequestered on a boat out in the middle of a lake, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe it's a scholarship fund for kids at church or maybe it's to, you know, to build a guest house or cabin on your property. You know, I just challenge you, if you can really put a purpose behind it, behind that dollar figure, it really does change your entire perspective. And you're right. You don't get up and look at it like uh, the drudgery of got to go to work today. You right. go and you, and, and you say, you know what, today I'm going to, I'm going to pay for the fireplace for my cabin. Right. Mm-hmm. I right. mean, that's really neat. You know, I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but as you're out, you know, working with businesses, what is the one thing that you see that if it was solved today, in a business that would most dramatically transform that business? It's usually one of two things. And I'll give you two things that we see regularly. The first is, as we've already touched on, is, is the business owner is kind of not serving their self well yet. They're not putting enough energy and effort in their personal growth. But we've talked about that. So I'll, I'll give you the second one. The second one is, is sales. A lot of uh, businesses do not have a very solid marketing and sales system that supports what we were just talking about, increasing revenue. And so they're constantly ebbing and flowing in their business and they don't know why they can't grow. A business that is stagnant and not growing is a business that is getting caught by the competitors and that is setting itself up for failure in the long run. So the things that I would have a business focus on is, you know, leadership, the training the understanding around the leader and then the second thing is the sales and marketing i love that and you know and i totally concur i'm a marketing and sales person that's what my consulting practice does and and often small medium-sized businesses have no idea what their customer journey is and they have no idea what experience their customers are having with their business and so i typically start by going in and secret shopping and and then i come back and go okay well here's the experience i just had as a customer and they're like, ouch. So that is, you know, if I, if we can give small and medium sized businesses, any advice right now, Greg and I together, go, go secret shop your own business or have someone secret shop your business and be really open to what they have to tell you because it might blow your mind. Yes, it will. And, you know, I'm not a marketing expert like you are, but I, I know uh, that that is a uh, high propensity of, of a pitfall to see when I go into a, a business. And I think you used the, the right words there, Sandra, was customer experience. And where we do spend a lot of time is in the culture aspect of a business. And that customer experience comes from either the lack of the process, which is what you're excellent at in the marketing processes, or it comes from, uh, and or I should say, because it's usually both, comes from the fact that the culture is not what it should be and therefore the customer experience is much less than what it could be even if the system was there but because the way people are treated within the company is how they're going to treat the customer so if if you think about the way you treat your people is the best that they're going to treat a customer watch out you may be surprised (laughs) so yeah yeah no you're absolutely right and and that's a hard lesson to learn right yes but that is is, that's a good one i think we should end on that one because that is perfect and i'm going to repeat it what greg's saying is how you treat your employees 
that's the best way they're going to treat your customers. And odds are it's going to be even worse than you're treating them. So goodness knows we have to treat our employees with respect and grace and love and patience and pour into them, invest in them, invest in your employees, invest in your team members, invest in your kids, because that's when they're going to be on fire for what you're doing. And they're going to want to give back and do their very best. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, well, what's your parting word today, Greg? If you need to uh, get introspective, please take the time to do so. It will be worth every moment you spend on it because that is where you start and finishes with yourself. There you go. Well, tell us one more time how people can get in touch with you and, and find all of your information. For a small business owner, the best place to reach me is businessownerfreedom.com. And you can reach our team and we'll be glad to, to help you. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here on the Eternal Leadership Podcast. This has been wonderful. We've touched on so many great things. And uh, I want to have you back and because I think a lot of the stuff you're talking about applies not just in business. So we're going to talk about family next time. How's that sound? I would love it. Absolutely. Uh, Sounds great. Well, Greg, thank you so much. Thank you.